Constantly repeating Wittgenstein's phrase, everything that can be thought at all can be thought clearly. And I wondered anew, can everything be thought? And you, whatever you argued, you never mimed a constricted throat. In fact, you ran at least a lap ahead of me, words streaming in your wake. How could I ever catch up? By which I mean, how could you want me? A day or two after my love pronouncement, now feral with vulnerability, I sent you the passage from Roland Barthes by Roland Barthes, in which Barthes describes how the subject who utters the phrase, I love you, is like, quote, the Argonaut renewing his ship during his voyage without changing its name, end quote. Just as the Argo's parts may be replaced over time, but the boat is still called the Argo. Whenever the lover utters the phrase, I love you, its meaning must be renewed by each use as, quote, the very task of love and of language is to give to one and the same phrase inflections which will be forever new, end quote. I thought the passage was romantic. You read it as a possible retraction. In retrospect, I guess it was both. You've punctured my solitude, I told you. It had been a useful solitude, constructed as it was around a recent sobriety, long walks to and from the Y through the sordid Bougainvillea-strewn back streets of Hollywood, evening drives up and down Mulholland to kill the long nights, and, of course, maniacal bouts of writing, learning to address no one. But the time for its puncturing had come. I feel I can give you everything without giving myself away, I whispered in your basement bed. If one does one solitude right, this is the prize. A few months later, we spent Christmas together in a hotel in downtown San Francisco. I had booked the room for us online, in the hope that my booking of the room and our time in the room would make you love me forever. It turned out to be one of those hotels that booked for cheap because it was undergoing an astonishingly rude renovation, and because it was smack in the middle of the cracked-out tenderloin. No matter, we had other business to attend to. Sun filtered through the ratty Venetian blinds, just barely obscuring the construction workers hammering away outside as we attended to it. Just don't kill me, I said as you took off your leather belt, smiling. After the Bart, I tried again, this time with a fragment of a poem by Michael Andage. Kissing the stomach, kissing your scarred skin boat. History is what you've traveled on and take with you. We've each had our stomachs kissed by strangers to the other. And as for me, I bless everyone who kissed you here. I didn't send the fragment because I had in any way achieved its serenity. I sent it with the aspiration that one day I might, that one day my jealousy might recede, and I would be able to behold the names and images of others inked onto your skin without disjunct or distaste. Early on, we made a romantic visit to Dr. Tatoff on Wilshire Boulevard, both of us giddy at the prospect of clearing your slate. We left crestfallen at the price, the improbability of ever completely eradicating the ink. After lunch, my friend who suggested the hard-to-get tattoo invites me to her office, where she offers to Google you on my behalf. She's going to see if the Internet reveals a preferred pronoun for you since despite or due to the fact that we're spending every free moment in bed together and already talking about moving in, I can't bring myself to ask. 
Instead, I've become a quick study in pronoun avoidance. The key is training your ear not to mind hearing a person's name over and over again. You must learn to take cover in grammatical cul-de-sacs, relax into an orgy of specificity. You must learn to tolerate an instance beyond the two, precisely at the moment of attempting to represent a partnership, a nuptial even. Gilles Deleuze and Claire Parnay say, Nuptials are the opposite of a couple. There are no longer binary machines, question-answer, masculine-feminine, man-animal, etc. This could be what a conversation is, simply the outline of a becoming. Expert as one may become at such a conversation, to this day, it remains almost impossible for me to make an airline reservation or negotiate with my human resources department on our behalf without flashes of shame or befuddlement. It's not really my shame or befuddlement.